Welcome back, friends. It's another episode of Spokane Business Insider. I'm your host, Chris Angel. Sadly missing my co-host, Val Moni, today. Val, my thoughts go out to you, wherever the hell you are. And uh, and with that, I welcome Angela Schneider, our guest today. It's because it's me, right? Is that why Val's not here? Is he scared of me? No, I I can't speak for Val, but I think Val's not scared of anybody. I'm judging Val. (laughs) Angela, it's good to have you. Angela's here from Big White Dog Photography. Um, Angela, I met you. I don't even know how I met you. How did I meet you? In a Facebook group? Yeah. uh, Jake's Small Business and Entrepreneurs group is where I think we first connected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I, something about the energy you had. Here comes about something about the energy you had. I'm like, I need to get to know Angela more. Um, and then, um, and then we <laughs> we started talking about bro marketing and our our distaste for bro marketing. And uh, and yeah. I knew I knew we were we had chemistry there because I can't stand bro marketing. So, oh my gosh, here you are. Hi Val. Hi Val. What's up, Val? What's up buddy? Val is in the studio. Hi. Uh, Chris. I'm in a different office and I wasn't able to log on with my laptop. And so I'm on my phone. Do you want me to participate or should I not? No, participate. And we're recording. We're in the podcast. So welcome Val, everyone. Here's Val. And I actually, Val, I like this, man. You got a black wall and a black top. Like, I don't know. This this is a good look for you. All right. Did you study literature? Like, did you just finish reading some poetry or something? (laughs) uh all right well i'm participating i'm glad we're in the middle of the podcast let's go val the renaissance (laughs) man angela so um aside from bro marketing which we was a whole other conversation and episode tell me tell me about tell us about uh big white dog photography and about angela oh man yeah so big white dog photography is the culmination of a really long journey um i know that i took the first picture of a dog, my first picture of a dog, when I was 12 or 13 with a Kodak Instamatic, it was my uh, collie, Princess. Mm. And um, it didn't work out that I became a photographer. I I kind of just knew that I needed to be a storyteller. Mm. And I went to journalism school. Uh, and that was in, uh, I was born and raised in Anaganish, Nova Scotia. And I went to journalism school in Prince Edward Island and then started my sports writing career in Gander, Newfoundland. And when you work for a small town community newspaper, you do everything. You do the reporting, you do the writing, you do the editing, you do the photography. Mm-hmm. And so I always, I've always, always had a camera in my hand and, um, that that still stayed true as I moved across the country to British Columbia to continue my sports writing career. Mm-hmm. But then the camera became work. Mm-hmm. And I had to do, you know, uh, puck drops at the start of hockey games and what we call grip and grins. You know, people standing there <laughs> shaking hands and exchanging uh-huh. checks and, and proclamation signings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. No creativity, just soulless shit. And um, when I got hired onto the Calgary Sun, I got rid of all my gear Hmm. because I didn't need it anymore. I was joining a staff that had 13 or 15 shooters who 
were so much better than me. I didn't have to take my own photos. Hmm. And so I hated my camera gear so much that I just got rid of it. Hmm. And that was fine anyway, because it was all film gear. Yeah. Um, and then dawned the age of, of digital. Yeah. But while I was working at the Calgary Sun, I met this boy. And he changed my life. Hmm. He, he, um, he made me see things in a different way. He, he showed me that I, I didn't belong in high heels, that I belonged in hiking boots, hmm. that I didn't belong in a sports car. I had a, I had a 2000 Mustang and it was a beautiful car and sometimes I miss it, but I needed an SUV so we could go camping and hiking in the mountains together. And he was my first big girl dog. Hmm. His name was Shep. Hmm. And w- one day when we were hiking in the Rocky Mountains, which is paradise to me, hmm. um, I was standing there with this incredibly good-looking dog and this majestic landscape, and I didn't have a camera in my hands, and I went, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I need a camera. <laughs> right. Luckily that by that time I had been laid off from my journalism career and went into marketing and communications. And um, all of a sudden people were giving me Christmas bonuses of cash. And because wow. that doesn't happen in journalism. Right. Yeah. So I took that first Christmas bonus and I went and bought my first digital camera. Oh, nice. That's where it all began. Wow. And then a few years later, of course, Shep left my physical world. Yeah. And I was left with hundreds, if not thousands of photos of him Mm. hiking, walking, sleeping. Yeah. Doing dog things with me. Uh, But I also realized that I didn't have any really good pictures of us together. Mm. Mm -hmm. And selfies just right, stupid yeah. selfies on um i mean smartphones weren't even invented by the time i got shep into my life they came on but you know all of my selfies are grainy out of focus sure. yeah 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 off white balance none of them you know just no professional level of portraiture to them and so after he died i and and bella came into my life and bella is the most beautiful thing in the world beautiful creature um i i pledged to shep that i would make sure no other dog mom or dad was left without Hmm. good portraits of them with their dog yeah um and so that's when my first business noses and toes pet photography was born Hmm. um but then it wasn't it wasn't really catching on noses and toes and, you know, I had clients and a a lot of, it it just, it it wasn't the way I describe it. It was kind of like that pair of underwear that gets up your butt and just won't come out and you're constantly (laughs) pulling at it and trying to make it work, but it doesn't, it just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And it was during the pandemic that, um, I, I, you know, none of us were allowed to work. So I went through a real period of introspection and, mm-hmm. and um, I had donated a gift certificate for a session to a nonprofit and they did a live video on Facebook of the drawing. 
and the gal went through several iterations of my business's name, nosies and toesies, nose and toe and all this stuff. Mm. And, and she just finally goes, I don't really know what it is, but oh my God, it's so cute. <laughs> right, right. Cute to me is a four letter C word. Oh yeah, right. We don't want cute. And I, wa yeah. I walked away from that video going, oh my God, this is just not working for me. And I sat down and I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And I remembered that it was because of Shep. Mm. And now it's because of Bella. Mm. And they're big white dogs. Mm -hmm. So that's the day big white dog photography was born. Yeah, I love that. And so that's yeah. that's been how long? Big white dog photography has been around for how, for how long? Uh, I rebranded officially November 2020. Yeah. And it just fits better. Yeah. I wear it better. Yeah, it that. makes me feel better about what I'm doing for whatever reason. I went, you, you shared a blog post with me that you had written and, and I was so moved by the heart behind this work. Like, I think sometimes people can think of um, portraiture photography, like, oh yeah, let's take a picture of our family or let's take a picture of our dog. But there's, when I read your blog, there was so much more behind what it is you're mm -hmm. doing. There's like a heart for, there's a heart for women. That's mm -hmm. very prevalent in your work. Uh, I, although I suppose you would take pictures of dogs with any human, but mm -hmm. but can you talk more about your like what what this heart for women is and how dogs play a role in that? Hmm, that's a deep question. Um, mm. Yeah, so we can be deep here. By the way, this is okay. I think that's the, <laughs> that's the conversation we want to curate in Spokane. As a Canadian hmm. and moving to the States and seeing the different ways that some policies are enacted and, sure. and some laws that have been canceled. Yeah. And I'm getting terminology incorrect here because I didn't grow up learning the United States government. I, yeah, it's all good. I, yeah definitely prefer a parliamentary system mm. um it it's made me a fiercer feminist mm. and it has instilled in me a desire to i don't know if it's to empower women but to remind them mm. that they have power mm. and that they have strength even in the face of people telling us that we don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the moments that has never sat well with me was when we told Hillary she wasn't emotion she wasn't emotional enough. Mm. And it's that dichotomy that we're always fighting that we're told we're too emotional to run for office but then we're not emotional enough. Right, right, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. We're strong enough to run a household, but we're not strong enough to run a corporation. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, wait, wait a damn second. Mm -hmm. Who put those rules in place? Yeah. And and so I I want to be able to show women that it's okay for us to be fierce and strong yeah. and yeah. powerful 
and to kick down those ceilings and to fight our way through doors and rise from the fire. But it's also okay to be feminine and vulnerable and emotional. Mm-hmm. Love that. Because that's who we are. Yeah, love that. So good. And and that's really what I'm cr- trying to express in that recent project that I launched and the blog post that you read. Yeah. And it's not anything I ever envisioned of myself when I took that first picture of princess when I was 12. Mm -hmm. It's not something I ever envisioned of myself as I was standing outside a hockey dressing room waiting for somebody in a towel to come out and talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's not what I envisioned when I launched noses and toes. But I believe that our businesses and ourselves are an evolution. I agree. I I love too that you're you're able to bridge um purpose and profits. Like there's a there's a place for something that goes beyond the transaction of a session taking pictures of dogs. That there is there I think so many people in business, um, at least it, this is my story. I got so focused on the game of business that my heart kind of dried up. And I, I, what I was craving was some meaning and some depth and something that felt like my life was worth this. And, you know, I just, I think a lot of people in business get sort of beat up by the hustle culture. And, Mm -hmm. um, and if you could just find that thing that speaks to your heart and soul and who you really want to help and remind who they are, and bring that into your business in some way, like you have. I just think that that's mm-hmm. that feels better to me. Yeah, I um, I had a big turning point two years ago. Um, my um, I grew up in the bro world, of course. I was a sports writer. Sure. And I was constantly having to prove myself. Mm. You know, if if a dude had to be good. I had to be a hundred times better than him just to get in the door. Yeah. Not to get the job, just to get in the door. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the day I got laid off at the Calgary sun, I, I looked and saw easily three to four very mediocre men that should have been fired before I was. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's been hard for me to accept. Um, But it, Along the way, all that taught me was that I had to be stronger and tougher and less emotional and less vulnerable. And then my mom died. Mm. Um, it'll be two years at the end of January. And, um... Uh, I, I chose to, I love learning. So I chose to immerse myself in learning about grief. Hmm. Hmm. And I am that in 2022, I became twice certified as a grief educator and certified as a pet loss grief companion, Hmm. launched my own podcast called one last network and created my own course to teach other pet photographers how to better support their clients Mm. in their anticipatory grief stage at Mm. end of life pet photography sessions. Um, and I cry 
on my podcast because I'm talking about some seriously emotional shit. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I have to dig real deep. Um, and for a long time, I, I felt like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be crying like I am right now. <laughs> but then I listened to Anderson Cooper's podcast, All There Is. Hmm. And he goes so deep. He scratches the surface so far beyond level 10 hmm. and he cries on his podcast. And so if it's okay for Anderson Cooper to cry on his podcast, it's okay for me to cry on my little podcast and it's okay for me to cry on your podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's that, that. But it's that vulnerability. Hmm. Yeah. That, that ability for me to go deep and that ability for me to be emotional and vulnerable that has now led me to where I am today and trying to show women that it's okay for us to be tough and strong and yet emotional and vulnerable at the same time. Yeah. Love that. That's so good. I love it. See, I knew, I knew you were the perfect guest to have uh, come on and talk about what you're up to. What, tell me about some of the lessons, um, some of the big lessons your dogs taught you, Bella and Shep and what was princess was it when you were younger? Uh, princess. Well, I was too young and stupid to learn anything from her. <laughs> and Shep and Bella, like just, and some of the big ones, what are some of the big ones yeah, that have been pivotal for you? Uh, you know, um, and this is something that I just realized this week, hmm. um, talking with you and, and going to, um, your group meeting last night was that I've always been in a, a fight to belong somewhere. Hmm. Uh, and I've regularly felt shut out of the places that I wanted to belong. Hmm. Um, you could call me a lone wolf if you wanted to. It's probably rather fitting. I'm not sure I'm as strong and fierce as a wolf, but um, Shep was trying to show me that I belonged hmm. to him. Hmm. And that was all I needed. Hmm. That I didn't have to keep trying to be who other people wanted me to be, that I was okay just as I am because that's who he needed me to be. Because bringing a dog into your life, especially as a single woman, it's a lot of responsibility. You know, um, you can't just go out to the ballpark for four day weekends and drink and come home and expect your dog to be well cared for. Those are the lessons that I learned. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, and he showed, he, he led me down the path to be who I am today and what side trails I needed to take in order to get on this path. And now Bella Bella moves with such grace and such intention. Mm. Every, every drop of her paw on the ground when we're out hiking has a purpose. Mm. And her head is constantly moving and just looking around at the world. Knowing her breed, I know that she's paying attention, looking for threats mm. to scare away, to protect her mama. But it teaches me to stop, mm. take a minute, 
Put my head on a swivel. A, make sure there are no threats. But B, just see the world around me and take in the world around me and be more in the moment. And, you know, and dogs in general, they teach us to just shake off the bad shit. Yeah. You know, that's what they're doing. They're letting it all loose. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't judge. They don't care what color the other dog is. Mm -hmm. They don't care whether the dog likes other boys or what have you. Um, they're, they're not breed specific in their own eyes, you know, they don't judge each other and they don't judge us. Well, she does. She judges me sometimes. I mean, the the way she looks at me is like, bitch, what are you doing? I'm like, I feel so attacked right now, Bella. But that's not what they do. And one of the things we talked about last night was when blank happens, the world becomes a better place or something like that. And I believe that if we all started seeing each other through the eyes of a dog, We can become more compassionate, more understanding, less judgmental, Mm. less angry, less divided and become a better world, become a more compassionate world. We're so lacking in compassion for each other Mm. and community, Mm. but dogs don't have that. Yeah. I don't like dog parks for a variety of reasons, but if you go to a dog park, they're all just playing together, chasing each other, running, running around and, and hanging out. Why can't we do that anymore? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I love that. I, I too, I just think about the um, the mindfulness you'd have to have, or the the um, the willingness to notice what the dog, what your dog is trying to teach you. Like those of you listening, if you have a dog, mm-hmm. that there's a. I'm pretty task oriented in my day, or or intentional. I, I move with I move with purpose and intention through my day, and I'll, I I love my dog snuggles, but I'm not often paying attention to what is my dog reflecting back to me, right? Mm -hmm. They might tell me, hey, I'm hungry, but I'm not listening for what is my dog trying to reflect back to me. I think that's a really interesting place to to start to come from. And clearly you've done you've done that for yourself. And it sounds like it's what you're on on a on a path to help others do. Yeah, I just I I just did a shoot with a woman yesterday out at nine mile rec area. And you know, I'm trying to move her through some poses and and, um, there's just there, I can see where they're just maybe not always getting it. So I had her bend down and I, and I said, look into your dog's eyes Hmm. and just see. And that's when the magic happened. Hmm. And, and it, it was like, yep, that's what I needed from you. Thank you. Wow. And she was, and she said, no. That's what I needed to see. Thank you. Mm. Wow, wow. I I love not only the pho- photography. Like I've se- I've been on your website. You can we can see the pictures behind you right now, um, if you're watching the video of this. But there's some. Not only are you taking great photos, but I love I love that b- embedded in all that you have a message for them. Like in that they get to take home something that actually now is a reminder or reflection of who they are and what their dog is reminding them of. And I just. I just love that there's that added, this isn't just a picture, right? It's a, what yeah. I, we, we threw some words around in messenger the other day, but like, 
I, I felt like it was an anthem. It was a call. It was a, um, um, I, I can't think of other words that are that, but it's, it, it's this call to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've life. long told people that not only do I own a little piece of your dog now, like maybe just the tip of its tail, mm-hmm. but you know, they, they become a part of my story. Every, every do, uh, dog guardian who comes to me becomes a part of my story just as I become a part of theirs. Mm. And that's a really unifying moment too. Like it, yeah. it creates community in a way, it, yeah. you know, it, a lot of the times I'm only in someone's life for a brief period of time, but I hope that I've given them something lasting to hold on to. Yeah. Love that. Because love that so much. Our, what our dogs teach us they're only with us for you know great danes bernies mountain dogs six seven years other breeds 12 14 16 years yeah that's not forever it's not near as long as you get to keep a child sometimes yeah um but what they teach us can resonate for the rest of our lives change us for the better resonate through generations yeah if we let it yeah right you know if we let our dogs help us become better people it'll resonate through time yeah yeah i hear that love that (laughs) love that so much that what say you you you're such a great astute observer what's anything landing in your space well First of all, I just want to say I'm glad to be here. It's zero degrees outside, and I'm in an unheated office, <laughs> and I'm totally cold. So I'm dealing with all that. Um, but Nothing stops you out, and here you are. Um, yes. Groundswell Collective has made me unstoppable. <laughs> What what I am curious about is what is it like doing a photo shoot with a dog and a family at the end of that dog's life? I am a dog person. Well, I was always a cat person. Now I'm a, a dog person. <laughs> and, man, it rips your heart out when they pass. So how is it to be with all that and come away with beautiful imagery? Oh, great question. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. I had a session in September that broke me. I bawled my eyes out the entire way home. I believe, however, it is my responsibility to hold it together for my client and be a good support for them. And to me, what that means is having them tell me stories about their dog and connect to the time that this particular dog was being lifted up the very next day. Uh, He had a mass on his tumor that was twice this, or he had a mass on his heart that was twice the size of his heart. And, um, it's it's really 
not about removing my client from the grief and the pain that they're experiencing at that time. It's more about connecting them to what the the good the better times that they've had with their dogs when the dog was healthy and and allowing those happy memories to carry themselves through the grief and the pain i ascribe to alan d wolfelt's um uh sorry his entire program is based on um oh my gosh it's escaping me now uh connecting bonds or something like that the connecting bonds theory which which relays that the stories we create with our loved ones while they are here with us as we remember them will help ease the pain of grief and sorrow so while I'm with my clients, I try to get them to tell me those stories, to remind them that those are the moments that will allow them relief from their pain. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 What a, I mean, again, it goes so much further than photography. There's like a whole conversation in it. There's a whole uh, awareness to it. And I, I just think that's, I just, I love that so much. Yeah. Well, you're really and... to the process. I mean, when you enter into someone's experience with their beloved pet that is moving on, you're walking from my perspective, you're walking into a sacred space and you're being a steward of a really intense personal process. I mean, I've got tears in my eyes just now thinking about it. I don't know how you even can handle it. <laughs> wow. Losing Shep. I've now, I, my dad died when I was 25. And my mom, of course, when I was, shit, 50, 51, 51. Um, but losing Shep was, the worst day of my life. He, <laughs> I always said he was the best boyfriend I've ever had. My husband acknowledges that, accepts it. Um, he, he even accepts his role as number three in the pack today, and that's fine. Um, but Shep was there for me at times when I had nobody else, when I was so alone in the world that I had some really bad thoughts about myself. Mm. Really bad thoughts about doing bad things to myself. Mm. And just him being by my side saved me. Mm. And I channel that energy when I go to meet a client in that space. That he loved me so much that he needed me to be with him, that he saved me. And I know that our dog, other, other women have been through the fire like that. And 
their dogs have been there for them. Mm. Not just other women. I come across men, (laughs) but, um, I channel Shep's memory and his love for me and his message for me is to go forth and do this and give those people the space that maybe I needed when it was time for him to go and hold that space for people and be there for them and support them. I love that. My wife sometimes talks about, um, she has a, a, a person she goes to a stylist for her hair and she often thinks of her visits there because they get into conversations and she thinks of those conversations as markers in her life, like times that she can remember certain things that were happening in her life when she was meeting with her stylist. And I, it's interesting. I just, it occurred to me that there are different stages of our dog's life that occur as markers for our own life. That when my, my uh, six-year-old Rhodesian Ridgeback was a puppy, you know, I, I got her because I had had a, um, a, uh, a pound dog, uh, a black mouth cur who uh, I had adopted and nine months later had to return to the this Humane Society because she had bit a firefighter and and I, I just bawled my entire way home. And it was, you know, Ellie, my Rhodesian Ridgeback was a was a rebound dog. <laughs> I was like so heartbroken. And the next day I was on Craigslist and found a breeder and um I went down and got her and my kids went with me. It was a whole it was like a whole thing. It was a marker in my life of that and Anyway, I just, I, I think of that and I wonder, do you do as, as much as you'll do photography with a dog before it passes? It'd be interesting if anybody's ever had you take a picture of their dog when their dog's a puppy and then in the middle or different, just taking pictures at different markers in their life is a really interesting idea. I I would love to start with a client at puppy stage and retain them all the way through the life of their dog. Uh, the way I work, um, my body is not um, built to carry on for a whole lot longer at doing this. I put myself through a lot of punishment to get the shot that I want. I uh, climb and fall off rocks. I jump into glacial lakes and I will do absolutely anything wow. to get the shot um, that I want. But uh, yeah, I come home bruised, broken beaten up, sore, and uh, sometimes covered in poo, but whatever. <laughs> it's all worth it. There's no obstacle Angelo won't <laughs> conquer for the shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's real commitment right there, Angela. I like that. That's right. Like that. That's right. But, you know, it, it's it's funny to me because um, I kind of categorize people into slots. And there's non-dog people. And there's dog owners and there's dog lovers and then there's dog people Mm. and the dog people know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And I just had a conversation with someone the other day and she said, well, how much? And I told her how much and I shit you not. She said to me, I don't love my dogs that much. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I, and, and yeah. And I thought in my head, I am never speaking to you again <laughs> You're because dead. you are not my people. Yeah. Right. Not my yeah. people. Right. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, and, I mean, you know, this is a business podcast and I love like there. Are, I, we talked about that last night also at purpose and profits. Like there are your people, 
And when you find mm-hmm. your people, like conversion yeah. is easy. The conversion of a sale is easy because they're your people. We're, we're speaking from the same place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had people go, I've had people go, you know, I just want one or two picks. I just want one or two eight by tens. Uh-huh. Just one or two eight by tens. Yeah. And then they see their gallery. And the next thing they know, they're buying an album and a big wall print. <laughs> uh-huh, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's how I, yeah, that's how I get you right uh-huh. there <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. you can you can think you only want one or two yeah but just wait <laughs> i love that if uh if people wanted to book a session with you how where's the or or even connect with you or read your blog what's the best place to connect big white dog photography.com and i am the same big white dog photography on uh instagram and facebook thanks uh, and if you need some support through your anticipatory or post lifting up grief, you can find me at onelastnetwork.com. Same Instagram, Facebook, one last network. Um, there's a podcast. And one is spelled uh, out O N E. Yeah, O N E. And I regularly get messages from people. Actually, I was at a dog photography conference in Vegas in September. And one of my fellow photographers walked up to me and said, you have no idea how much you have helped me. And you know that, you know, when you're constantly churning up content, you don't always get the feedback from the people who are consuming your content. Mm. But if anybody is listening you know, feels the need to provide feedback on content, please do so because it's really important to us to understand what you need and, and how we can serve you best. Um, the very, the, the feedback that I've gotten has been incredible. And, uh, I, I'm not on a quest to rack up a thousand subscribers or listeners or what have you. I just want to help. I just want to soften those moments for one person at a time. And if we can do that for one person at a time, if I can empower one woman to see the world through her dog's eyes one at a time, then maybe I've changed. I've left the world a little better Mm. than I found it. Love that. So good. Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Angela. Val, thanks for being here. I'm glad you made it, even though if you're freezing. And, uh, (laughs) Uh, I walked my dog in this, Val. What's that? I was I walked my dog in this oh. weather. That's oh yeah. Crazy. Well, you would, and I acknowledge you for that. In, in my defense, I lived in Calgary for ten years, and it gets forty below there. Woo. And forty below is where Celsius and Fahrenheit meets on the scale. The one wow. place. Wow. It, and it, and it's a it's a language that translates into really fucking cold. <laughs> Yes. Sounds like it. Those of you listening, if you want to learn more about our authentic community of business owners in Spokane, you can go to groundswellcollectivespokane.com. Groundswell Collective Spokane. Yes, I know it's long. Groundswellcollectivespokane.com and uh, check us out there. And uh, join us for one of our free uh, Thursday, second Thursday of the month, our Purpose and Profit events. Come hang out with us and um, we'll see you then. Angela, thank you so much again for being here and um, catch you all next time.